We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower. How you doing, bud? Awesome. How about you, Marbles? Marbles. You're never going to let me live that down, are you? No, sir. No, sir. No. At least you didn't call me Cracker Rock. Um, <laughs> doing good. Just... uh. Getting ready to go back to school, getting ready to re- get ready for football season. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I got to watch uh, got to watch a game last week with the Rams. Not the outcome I wanted to see, but you know it was good to get out and see some football live again. Well, yeah, we need to talk about that at least a little bit. I know the Rampage guys covered that for us uh, on Mondays. 
Monday's show, and now we need to get into it a little more since you were there. Sure. You, since you were there and all. Um, but first, foremost, folks, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android Player, FM, we're all over these places, folks. All over them, especially when you need your help on iTunes. If you could subscribe, could leave a review. If, if you think we do a good job, we'd really appreciate that five-star review. It'll enter you in the contest that's been running since, I think, the day Norm was born uh, for a gift ticket to the NFLShot.com. The NFLShot.com. To buy a don't, be, don't be afraid to unsubscribe and resubscribe, too. I know, oh. it's kind of, I know it's kind of cheating, but it helps our numbers. Stop it. Stop it. Anyways, <laughs> we'd really appreciate it. We've been getting lots of good feedback on the show of late, and we really appreciate all your help and uh, your support. It means a lot to us. Don't forget, also, we're on iBeatRadio.com, and it airs the show on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And, uh, well, we're almost there. Sponsorship. Uh, folks, we have a great sponsor. He's been with us uh, since the early part of the summer. Been really just been wonderful to us and treated us really well and can help but feel that affection towards what Jim Hawk did with his book, Hollywood's Teen Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Hey, this story tells about the 1950s Rams through the lens of, Jen, of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Folks, it's a great story about the son, um, his father, the team played for in this era of glitz, glamour, future Hall of Famers. I'm talking like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, Les Richter, all these guys who played in the 50s Rams. You can find the book online. It's at hollywoodsteam.com or on Twitter, at hollywoodsteam. It's available in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and at Barnes & Noble. You can also find it through various other booksellers as well. We have some copies to give away. We have a, a trivia question I'll, I'll mention again at the end of the, cla- uh, the, end of the class. I'm in teacher mode now. At the end of the podcast. And, hey, send your, send your answers in. We'll see if uh, we can get a winner out of this. Okay, Again, check it out. Hollywood's Teen, Great Glamour, 1950 LA Rams by Jim Hawk. Great book. Great book. Before you get going any further, I've been kind of, you know, gone for a few days. Did anybody ever win the uh, preseason tickets? Yes, we have a winner. Let me pull his name up again. I'm, I'm half asleep here. I pull his name up again. So, just so, to... so you're feeling normal then? You're half asleep? Well, I had to take my dad to the airport this morning. It wasn't, you know... 3 a.m. Eastern time, before that, actually. The person's name who won, and I'm just searching through her email. It had lots of back and forth in the last few days. It was a really neat one. I sent the I sent the response response to Jim uh, for well, what this for what uh, for our what our winner said. Don Grindle, Don Grindle won. Uh, we need your California. He uh, won the tickets, and we're sending those out to him. Actually, Jim is sending them out to him with a parking pass and everything. So, awesome. That's Don Grindle. I've already talked with him, and he's pretty stinking excited. So, Congratulations, Don. Thanks yeah. for uh, entering the contest. Yep. So, it was really neat. And i like to see more people entering our contest. We have, we have a, I have a box of books that, that Jim sent us. We asked for them, and we're just, we're just giving them away, guys. So, guys and gals, we would love to get a female winner for once. It's almost always guys emailing us or, you know, we're totally cool with the ladies interacting with us on Rams football. I mean, it's been a nice thing to have. We have several Rams fans who are females. We found them all over our Facebook page. So, no, we're not stalking them, by the way. Nor might be. I'm not. 
All right, so moving on before I get even creepier. You ready? Yeah. You ready? Okay. Norm, you were at the game last weekend. Uh, again, I already mentioned it that uh, J-Rob uh, J. and Jay already covered this on their show. What were your thoughts? You were there live. Well, I mean, obviously, for anybody who watched the game, overall, it was really hard to watch. And it was kind of funny uh, when I sat down, you know, I'm wearing my throwback Youngblood jersey and and the girlfriend's there with the Rams talk shirt on. And, you know, we're in the sea and, uh, amidst a bunch of Ravens fans. And you can see Rams fans scattered throughout, but uh, most, obviously mostly Ravens fans. And the section we were in, Apparently, there's a couple Hall of Famers that have season tickets that sit right behind where we were, and they weren't there for the preseason game. But, you know, we were we were getting the razzin, we were getting the, you know, the the fun jabs and all that stuff. But the crowd was really cool. And, of course, when we played really horrible, they were able to jab us pretty good. But uh, when I <laughs> when I saw the starting roster, I saw one name. Well, I, when I saw him go out on the field, I saw one name I recognized. Other than the punters and kickers, uh, Sanson Ibakam. He was the only one that I saw on the defense that was a starter. Half the guys out there, I didn't even know who they were. I, I've never seen their names before. I haven't recognized their names from camp. So for those of you that are really down on the Rams, take it for a grain of salt for what it is. First game of the season, you know, yeah, we looked horrible. We didn't look like we were prepared, but there were some really good positive things that I can take from the game. John Kelly is for real. That guy, his jump cuts, his vision, uh, the way he moves around, he's impressive. Uh, I liked him before that, but I really like him now. I, I really think he's got a great chance Uh that being our number three, maybe even our number two. I watched Malcolm Brown a little bit, and obviously he was facing the first-team defense from the Ravens. They did play the first team for a little while, and it was it was horrible. Uh, he didn't get very far on any of the runs that he ran. Ran right into the right into the defense. It was just it was ugly. Justin Davis came in, did a did a good job. I mean, he looked like Justin Davis. Didn't fumble, which is a positive, uh, and, and looked like he, you know, he he still has a shot at making the team. But Jonathan Kelly came in and and he really put on a show, and he was very impressive. I really liked him a lot. Uh, guy who was returning our kickoffs and punts. You told me his name. I forgot it already. Natson. That guy is also impressive. He reminded me a lot of the early Tavon Austin that we saw. I even saw him do the, like a, a hurdle pause step cut, you know, that you used to see from Tavon a lot. He, he looks impressive and he's got a really good chance at making the team on special teams. Uh, Joseph Day, he, he performed pretty well. You know, obviously, if you watch the film and you break down every single play, everybody played bad. There were mistakes on everybody's part, but. There were some positive to take away from all of them. But I, I think John Kelly was the one that impressed me most. Micah Kaiser played fairly well. Uh, got to see him play. Uh, the other one was uh, Lawler. Lawler's a beast. He is put together. And I think he's really got a good chance of making the squad too. Other than getting our asses kicked, 
Yeah, it was fun. All right. By the way, uh, the returner is uh, J.J. Natson. Went to Utah State, transferred to Akron for his last year in 2016. Was on uh, the Colts for a while in 2017. Waived by them on September 4, 2017. The Jets picked him up to their practice squad, and he eventually went over to the active roster in New York on November 11, 2017. And then the Rams signed him here in July. So he has, he's been around a little bit. Uh, interesting find they might have a, a potential kick returner outside of uh, our boy uh, Farrell Cooper. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I was impressed too, man. I saw the highlights. It was pretty neat how he's just moving around. Remind you of those old days of when Tavon actually kind of knew what he was doing. Unfortunately, that those days are long gone. Yeah, there were moments. There were moments when he he really looked like that. I mean, he looked like Tavon a lot. Uh, you know, from the early days, it was impressive to watch. Uh, he he made some some awesome moves and was able to make plays out of really nothing. He had nowhere to go and still ended up getting another 10, 15 yards. So that was impressive, but there were some little nuggets to take away. You know, saw, got to see all the starters down there wearing the street clothes, got to see big, <laughs> big, big wit down there with his big bald head, you know, and the whole deal. It was, it was cool to see them all. Uh, watched Jared Goff and I watched Cooper cup a lot. Uh, Jared Goff was working with all the quarterbacks going out in the field, you know, during timeouts and and between the TV breaks, really working with the other quarterbacks, Cooper Cup, talking to the receivers. It looked like he was honestly, it looked like Cooper Cup was a coach down there. He was literally going over. You could see him pointing different directions. You could see him giving direction to other guys and telling them when to make their cuts. And it was impressive to see he's uh, he's quite the quite the fine for the Rams. I honestly think that once he's done playing in the NFL, he'll be a coach. Probably. Yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. He'll probably be a coach in the league. Mm -hmm. So moving on though, moving on, we will, we'll preview the big game this weekend with the Raiders later on this week. But uh, there is similar news. Kevin Peterson tears his ACL in that game. And uh, we do have a question in the mailbag about Kevin Peterson, but you were there. What'd you see? Honestly, I didn't really see what happened. Uh, you know, being in the game, it's it's real busy. Lots of things going on. Uh, I don't think he was on the field much as far as being, you know, while he was injured, laying on the field or anything. And I didn't see the, the tent go up, you know, where they go in and, and look at guys. So I think he came off the fields and told him he wasn't good and, and stayed there. And then they went in the locker room. So I really didn't see much and nothing was reported at the game. So it was a surprise to me when I saw it, you know, being reported. And well, at least, at least, if I'm looking at, well, if we're looking at what happened with, you know, with the glass half full, he'll miss this season, but hopefully he'll be back in time for training camp next year, a good 12 months away. And the, this was also the deepest position for the Rams. So if there was any any place where they can afford to lose somebody, it's here. I think our best wishes go out to Kevin Peterson, and he's shown his flashes. I mean, I think he can play in this league. He possibly could start in this league, so it, but we're going to miss him. Yeah, I think he was positioned behind Shields and, and Dominic Hatfield anyways. I think it just – I mean, we don't want to see him get hurt, and obviously I feel bad about that. But I don't think in this you know, in this roster position, I don't think it's going to hurt us that bad. We, we don't want to have any more at that position, but I, th- I think we're all right for right now. Also reporting uh, today, this is uh, 
August 13th this morning, we started seeing some reports coming out about Aaron Donald, in particular downtown Rams, um, one of our counterparts, uh, reported that Ram, the Rams and Donald will sign a deal worth $24 million a year for about 65 to $70 million guaranteed by the end of the week. We talked about this, and it's a little bit different, Norm. When we first discussed it, I was against anything more than $22 million. And I, I found myself today, we don't, I mean, DTR does have some, some sources in there, so I'm not going to doubt the reporting if it's true. I'm actually okay with it. I know I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm okay with it. I don't feel great about it. I still feel personally it's a little bit too much, but you're going to keep this guy through his peak years. So I, I don't know. Well, if it's 65 to 70 million guaranteed, and it works out to be 24 mil a year, is he under contract for three years? Or are they only guaranteeing so much? I mean, the guaranteed money is really the only money that matters. So I'm guessing it would be a four-year deal at $70 million, 24, 24 guaranteed for the first three or something, or for the first two, something like that. Hard to say. I'm thinking it's five years. And that's why I saw multiple people kind of posturing at five years with 65, 70 mil guaranteed. 24 right. Million. The, the 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 way you figure that out though is how much per year is he guaranteed? If he's only guaranteed fifteen mil a year, then fifteen mil a year is what he's going to make until they renegotiate in three to five, depending on how many years they do it for. So, and, and you can't forget too, by the way, that the way we've started, we've seen these extensions go, they're not going into effect immediately. They're going into effect after the end of the initial contract. So. He won't make his $24 million a year, quote-unquote, until the new contract kicks in after the season. So he'll still make 6.9. There's no other way. They can't pay him $24 million this year. They don't have anywhere near the cap room. No. So they have to begin his contract where he's making this money per year beginning next season, not this season. I bet you it's front-loaded. I bet you're going to make up that loss of this year's money in next year's contract. You know, yeah. The first year. Yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'll be glad to see him get it done. I, I'm not happy about 24 mil. I think it's too much, but I, I don't know. It's hard to put a number on any of this stuff, you know. Well, he may, is. he he may, he may be the guy that comes out and makes our season for us. And if he does, he's worth every penny of 24 mil. He may come out and have a lackluster year, and he's not worth half that. So we'll see. Chances are he's going to be well worth it. Maybe it's just the fact that I've had some time to let it stew a little bit and think about it. We're talking about precedent, historical precedent, with the market's been, and the market's been the highest paid guy makes about $20, $21 million. Well, if anybody deserves to make $24 million on the defensive line or even the defensive of the ball, I think we both can agree it's Aaron Donald, right? If, any, if anybody deserves it. Yeah. So maybe that's really what it is. Maybe that's because of who he is. That's what the market's going to be for him. And the Rams will have to figure out the salary cap around that. Well, I'll tell you what will make me happy is when it's done and we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, the end, <laughs> the end of the year, as the, as the Donald turns. As yeah, the, as the Donald turns, yeah. And, so, and we're not talking about President Trump. We're talking about the other Donald, Aaron Donald. So, Because yeah, I don't think the other, the other Donald will end anytime soon. Yeah, I'd like to see him get the deal done soon so we can see him in some preseason games 
and, you know, maybe see him at camp and actually get him ready to go. I mean, he comes in really great shape regardless, but I'd like to see him come in before the first game, first, re- first regular season game, so he actually has some time to get football ready. It would be nice, yeah. And so anyways, folks, again, that's what a downtown Rams reporter we've seen Jason Luckin for talk about today. Uh, Vinny Bonsignore talked about it a little bit. Uh, it's, so we'll, we'll see. I, the weird thing, I didn't see Adam Schefter talk about it. I didn't see Ian Rapport talk about it. And those are your, normally the two guys you'll go to right away and say, hey. And none of them have mentioned it yet. Also, Benjamin Albright is also hearing the same thing, that something can be getting done. Um, by the end of the week and the next week. That's what he's tweeting about in response to the Downtown Rams report. All right, well, now it's time to thank our original sponsor. Sal's been around with us since the very beginning at the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like the old-school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal opened up the shop to as a shrine to the Rams on the day they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Make sure to use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows that we sent you to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. But he also provides that old-school barbershop experience talking Rams football and football in general. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. He even make he even managed to make Derek and I look pretty decent. Hey, your head looks awful, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and it's that time of the year, folks. It's The season's just getting ready to start. We're in the preseason now. Our numbers are really growing. We've added more podcasts. Things are going crazy around here at Rams Talk. And if you want to get in and get some great advertising for a really affordable rate, now's the time to reach out to us to do it. So reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Or you can call us and leave a voicemail at 657-666-5453. Okay. So mailbag. Norm, you ready? You bet. Norman's mailbag. The mailbag. So far, I've I've been striking out on the mailbag questions with the whole girly contract thing, but I'll do my best. Lordy, let's not even go there. Not go there. Okay, first question from Crenshaw Rams, Russ. Uh, so after the first preseason game, which obviously we can't read too deep into, do you think that Malcolm Brown is going to fall down the death chart? Well, it's a possibility. Uh, you know. John Kelly put on a heck of a show and Justin Davis played really well. And the only one that really struggled was Malcolm Brown. But like I said, it was against the first team defense and we certainly didn't have our first team offensive line in there blocking for him. So I think we have to give it a little more time, but I think John Kelly is definitely going to put some pressure on him. You know, we, we talked to weeks ago and I thought there was no way Malcolm Brown would be usurped from his position there on the death chart. But John Kelly, he's looking good. He's looking good. He's making plays. Justin Davis making his move. I still believe Malcolm Brown's the number two guy there, but if these guys keep playing like that, they keep breaking runs, they keep finding their holes, where, and Malcolm Brown's not, not doing that stuff, man, I, I can't see how they wouldn't surpass him on the depth chart. I just can't see it. So, uh, next question is from number one Rams fan at Russ one two five four seven nine three three. After losing Peterson and how poorly 
Hill played in week one. Why not bring Kayvon Webster back to strengthen the corner position even more? Peters, Tlaib, Coleman, Shields, and Webster's top five sounds pretty good. Well, first of all, Troy Hill played a lot of man coverage with no pass rush and not a lot of help. So you can't really judge how poorly he played just on the first preseason game. (laughs) Believe me, a lot of the corners out there didn't look very good. When you don't have an Aaron Donald, a a Donovan Sue, Michael Brockers, you know, all those guys rushing a quarterback, putting more pressure on him, giving him tons of time to throw. You don't have your starting safeties in there to cover your back. Uh, It changes things. So I wouldn't read into it too quickly. I'm not real high on Kayvon Webster. I never was. Uh, I think he had moments where he shined, but there was also moments where he got really beat really bad. So I don't know that it's that big of an improvement to bring him back over Hill. But I think it's too early to tell right now. I would say this, and I don't mean to sound like a jerk. It's just I just think of the salary cap. You can't really afford to go out there and bring Cable Webster back. With, they, they don't have much space. That, right. It's not right now. And so, and this is the deepest position they have in the roster right now. So they're going to go fill other holes first if they can. So I say there's just no way. No way. Be nice. Gavin Webster was totally a team player with the Rams, regardless of how he played in the field. He was a team player. He was sold all the way through. So it's tough to see what happened. But right now, it's just it's just too deep in the death chart right now for for the Rams to worry about the backfield. Okay, so next question comes from Ross Regier. A underscore Reg 8. What is one player on each side of the ball that surprised you with better play than expected? And one that surprised you with worse play than expected? Especially interested in Norm Hightower's take here since he was present. Jealous. jealous. (laughs) Uh, Well, Austin, I I would say defensive side of the ball, I I pointed this out to Derek. I know it was early in the game, but right off the back, uh, Samson Ibukam came around the end, had a beat on Flacco. Flacco scrambled, and Ibukam couldn't catch him. Flacco's not the fastest guy in the league. And so it kind of scared me a little bit. I, I thought Ibukam had a little more speed than that. So as, as high as I am on him, you know, anybody who's been listening to our podcast knows that I'm a huge fan of his. I was a little shocked that uh, he couldn't catch him. So that kind of surprised me. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball again, or on the offensive side of the ball for positive play, I've already gone over this. I, I think you have to look at Kelly. Kelly played very well. Obviously, he was going against, you know, finally going against their third string players and some even further down the depth chart. But there was one play in particular where uh, he had somebody out front blocking for him, one of the wide receivers. And instead of waiting for him to put the block on, he grabbed him and basically stiff armed his own player and shoved him down to knock down the defender. It was it was like he was bowling out there. It was really cool to watch. So I'm really high on him. I think he's going to do very well. High on the defense, uh, there's a couple guys. For one, I, I would have to say I was really excited to see Shields back on the field with a helmet on playing. He looked good at moments. He looked slow at moments. But overall, I'd say he did a good job and just happy to see him back. And then uh, Joseph Day actually Put some pressure on and played very well on the defensive by, uh, defensive side of the ball, too. All right, I'm going to leave most of this question to you, but one that just stuck out to me is Micah Kaiser. 
Uh, he was moving quite well against the run. Still some things, concerns for pass defense. Well, that's something we already knew. But six tackles in the game. Yeah. Full four assisted. He was all over the field when he was on the field. So that's one thing. And I, you already mentioned John Kelly. So I'm going to stick with the guys that I thought, you know, I was impressed with. I can't really give too much in terms of surprise, in terms of uh, worse play than expected. I've learned over the course of time that when it comes to preseason, expect anything and everything. And they didn't play the starters. So I, I'm going to cop out here and avoid that because I'm not really willing to take that risk and say, well, they, they played worse or better than expected, you know, against Baltimore's first teamers, the second and third teamers. Well, Baltimore already had a game under their belt, so they've already knocked some of the rust off. This was their second game because they played in the Hall of Fame game the week before. They they played their their starters the first series down the field, and you could tell. And, and Baltimore, even though they didn't have a great record last year, uh, a lot of it was due to injuries. They lost a lot of guys last year. They were the opposite of us. They had a lot of injured guys. And I actually think Baltimore is going to be a pretty hard team to beat this year. I, I think they'll they'll do well in their division, and uh, I think they'll surprise a lot of people. So take that into account. But there were moments where some players looked like superstars, and then the next 10 plays they looked like they weren't even supposed to be on the field. <laughs> there were a couple of offensive linemen, and, and again, there were guys on the field that I'd never even heard of. But there were a couple of offensive linemen that were out there blocking uh, the Ravens' defense, and... Derek, I think you and I could have blocked better than that. I, I was really not impressed by it. So there's a couple guys I think that are going to go. Oh, you mean like Lucas? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go pretty quick. One thing I will point out about the Ravens though, they're really deep at linebacker. They're the opposite of us. They have several guys that I think could be starters in the league, and it wouldn't surprise me after the Rams scrimmaging them and and getting to get to know some of those players. It wouldn't surprise me if they went after one of them. Okay, next question comes from Chuck at Charlie's Times T on Twitter. His question is, will Mannion get the majority of snaps on Saturday? I would think he would. They're playing (laughs) Oakland. They're going to play Oakland in the opener. I don't see the Rams wanting to show the Raiders too much. Uh, I think they'll probably do one series with Goff and the starters. And then, you know, they do that 2020 thing. You know, they'd like to get in 20 plays, get 20 yards. So it wouldn't surprise me to see the starters in for one series and then, you know, at least the rest of the half and, and starting the second half with Mannion. I think they'll do very similar to what they did last week with the exception of the first series. Oh, well, I, 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 they need to find out more about Mannion here. Mannion looked horrible for the most part against you know, against the Ravens. We can go back to the game we went to last year with 49ers, and I just can't. I know you were high on Mannion. I, I still... I think Mannion's got a lot of potential, but one thing you have to consider is when he was able to stand in the pocket and make a throw, which was only about three or four times in that whole game, he actually threw well. But he was under, I mean, the pressure that he had on him was huge. He was running for his life most of the game. Most of the Rams quarterbacks were running for their lives most of the game. You know, I think in the fourth quarter, they still had Terrell Suggs out there. So, I mean... There were some pretty nasty hits on our quarterbacks. I, I don't want to read too much into Mannion yet, but yeah, there were some pretty bad throws on his part too. I'll tell you another guy that I was really surprised about was Tamaric uh, Hemingway. He's big. I didn't realize how big he is, but when he came out on the field with the rest of the guys, he stood out to me as a as a he's kind of a beast. 
But uh, you could tell he was a little rusty. He caught one one pass right off the bat, and then he dropped one. You know, he tried to move before he actually looked it into his hands. But there were a few plays where Mannion hit him and, and made a few other passes when he didn't have a pass rush, and he looked fine. It was when he was running for his life that he looked really horrible, and I don't know that we can base too much off that yet. But we have seen him for a few years now, and you would think he would play a little bit better, so... I'm starting to doubt it, but he's still better than what we got behind it that I could tell so far. Okay. From Blitz NFL Radio, at Blitz NFL, does Wade Phillips have any interest in going back to Denver? Like tomorrow, asking for a friend. Um, I'm going to go hex no on that one. And <laughs> do we even need to say anything more than that? No? No. No. Okay. All right, so it's summertime in California. It means sun, hot weather, lots of hot weather. Like hot, like it, things are on fire there. Thoughts and pressure of those people, by the way. Uh, folks, it also means visit to your pool. So if you're looking to remodel, resurface, or even put in a new pool, check out Jayhawk Pool Plaster Remodeling at 4780 East Wesley Avenue in Anaheim, California. Jayhawk Pool Plaster Remodeling serves Orange County and the Southland, and they're run by Jayhawk, the eldest son of former Rams, John Hawk. He built this business on a mantra of fantastic results and amazing customer service. Just head over to jayhawkpools.com and take a look at their work. You can see the quality of their finishes and the testimonies provided by past customers. So if you're looking to remodel, resurface, or even put a new pool in, give Jayhawk a call at 714-695-0700. Again, folks, at 714-695-0700. You can also email them at info at jayhawkpools.com. Folks, with Jayhawk Pools, with Jim Hawk's book, a great glamour, Hollywood man, jeez. These are people who love the Rams. Sal and his business, Golden Ram Barbershop, help them out. This is a big deal for them. They support our podcast. Let's support them, members of our Ramley. You'll be glad you did. Okay, you ready? Next yeah. batch of questions. Here we go. This is from <laughs> <laughs> Little Stevie. <laughs> Little Stevie. And, and of Stevie. course, he. And, of course, he had to ask about Austin Davis. Come on, Steve. <laughs> Excuse me, I just hiccup for that one. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got a man crush on Austin Davis, I swear. I'm uh, not so sure. It might be more than a man crush now. <laughs> Steve Ribeiro at Steve Ribeiro on Twitter. He's one of our guys. He hosts the Bunny Heads podcast. Hey, excuse me, my gosh. <laughs> uh, whew, whew. How high of a draft pick would you trade the Seahawks for Austin Davis to secure our backup quarterback position? Uh, I'd say, uh, 2025 seventh rounder. I would say a bag of Cheetos. (laughs) Oh, Stevie, I know you're high on the guy, but, um, and I know he's had his moments, but I I don't think we go after him. So thanks for the laugh. From George met at GMET seven, seven Bridgewater for our backup. I, I don't think we need to go after him now. And I think a team like probably Miami, he would be a good fit at Miami, maybe Tampa Bay. Another thought would be the Jaguars. So uh, I, I don't think that we go after him. I don't think Sean McVay is too worried about it. I think he thinks that Mannion can step it up and play well if something were to happen to Goff. Knock on some freaking wood here, but you know, I, I don't see him. I don't see him going after a quarterback at all. Another okay. possibility would be RG three. <sighs> I don't know why you go after someone who's so injury prone, though. I'm not arguing. Uh, that's why I think he's happy with what he's got. But, but there is a possibility that that, that could happen because there is some history there with with McVeigh. 
injury prone, hold on the football too long, take too many risks when running with the football. I can think of a million reasons not to take him. Well, he looked in the Ravens preseason game. He looked, he didn't look, he looked more like a veteran than he has in the past. And he made some pretty good throws, but, um, but yeah, the injuries do scare me. So this is from at Orisic underscore Justin. This is one of our regulars, Justin Orisic. Thoughts on Junior Mean, Junior Gallette? He's either trolling us hard or it's a real possibility he's coming. Do so, we have the do we have the cap to sign him? Depends <sighs> on what he signs for. Yeah. We and, don't have much. And I don't think that you do anything until you get the whole contract situation with Aaron Donald done. And I know I know it's probably not going to affect this year, but I still don't think you do it. And for what, what he's referencing, by the way, folks who won't, who may not know, Junior Gillette's been on Twitter kind of sending hints about where he's going and availability and so on and so forth about playing. And it, it seems to me he's pointing towards the Rams is a target that many people thought he would come to the Rams during this offseason. We'll see. I would like to have him. I'd like to have more linebacker depth, but like you mentioned, cap space is minimal. So we'll see. Yeah. Okay, we're getting towards the end here. We have just a couple more questions, and then we're going to say good night. This is from Craig Ebel at LARAM underscore again, and he's one of our regulars. We, he's one of our just one of our best in terms of turn religious listeners. So thanks a lot, Craig, for tuning in. And he just he asked the same question: Should we be looking at RG three? <laughs> Mannion continues to struggle. Not not a huge fan, but does have a history at McVeigh. Well, Craig, we just answered that question. I don't think so, Norm. I, I think everybody needs to chill out on Mannion for a bit. Again, I know he looked horrible in the preseason game, but again, he wasn't with the number ones. The reason you have a backup is so that they can he can go in and replace your starting quarterback with the number one offense if you have issues. You really can't judge it until you see him play with the number one. So I would say <clears throat> let's look towards – the third preseason game, you're probably going to see more of our starting linemen and maybe a few more starters out there uh, for a longer period of time without golf in, and that may give you a better idea of where Mannion's at. And at that point, then maybe we should start throwing out the Teddy Bridgewater RG3s and, and those kind of guys. But for right now, I think it's too early to do any of that. Okay, so this was the, uh, this one was caught me off guard a little bit. I just I forgot that this person signed with the Rams. has been so quiet. Our question coming from, again, my fav- one of my favorite names on Twitter for our followers here, Bean, at Bean Burrito, the I for the T-O. How do the lineup chances look for Ryan Davis? Is he doing vet things? Ryan Davis is a linebacker that came over to us from the Bills, Cowboys, also the Jaguars, a 29-year-old outside linebacker. I think it remains to be seen. I he, We've seen articles out there on Rams Wire and so on and so forth talking about his chances of, of making an impact. I don't know yet. I, you know, until we see these starters go out there against opposing starters, we don't really know how these guys are going to fit. We haven't even seen how they're going to fit in live action, period, yet. We don't know how Mark Barron's going to play alongside any of these rookies. We don't know any of that yet. So I'm kind of just... I'm in stasis personally. I'm not sure how you feel about it, Norm. I think it's too early to tell. If I had to say right now, I don't think he makes the squad. Uh, if he does, it's way down in the depth chart from what I've seen so far. But it's too early to tell. Yeah, and you were there. You got to see him up close. 
Yeah. All right. So before we go, our weekly trivia questions is the last chance before we move on to a new question. Email us the answer at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com to be entered to win a copy of Hollywood's team from Jim Hawk. Folks, come on. Send us an entry. Come on. We have books, free stuff to send you. So here's your question. What college did Les Richter graduate from? Oh, what? I know. I know. Can, can oh, I answer okay. it and get a book? Well, you already <laughs> have a book. I know, but I need another one. Oh, okay. <laughs> what college did... I mean, you have a harder time reading the first one. It's because I, I can't find it half the time. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Again, what college did Les Richter graduate from? Email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ramstalk. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Norm at Norm Hightower. Don't forget it's an iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM, IE Radio. We're everywhere, folks, and we're hoping to be more places soon. So, with all that in mind, after a rough mailbag tonight, whew, for Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Paul. Peace out. Thanks for all the questions, folks. Adios. Thank you so much. Take care. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.